Welcome to this week's episode of Thriving Through Menopause with me, your host, Clarissa Christensen. Oh, school exams, teenagers, the two collide in the midst of perimenopause. And how do we survive that stress? Well, as a parent, I've been through that position and I wish that I had had today's guest on board to help me. She is Emily Hughes. And she is one of the founders of the Parent Guide to GCSEs and the Parent Guide to Post-16. And for those of you who don't know what a GCSE is, it's an exam that you do in the UK when you're about 16. They used to be called O-levels in my day, but I'm showing my age. Hey everyone, it's Clarissa here from the Thriving Through Menopause podcast. You know, as I talk to women around the world, I know that more than ever, we're looking for holistic ways to manage our menopause and to feel empowered that we're in control of our own health and healing during this vital life transition. I sit down each week with amazing guests to talk about ideas, strategies, approaches and opportunities to help us thrive through menopause. Episodes drop every Tuesday, so I hope that you'll join us. And I have a little request for you, that if you find value from the stories, lessons and wisdom that we share, I'd like you to support this podcast. One way you can do that is to hop on to wherever you listen to podcasts, like and subscribe and share it so that others can hear the messages too. You might want to buy me a coffee to help me keep this podcast up and running. And I'd love you to subscribe to my newsletter, Heart of Menopause, over on Substack. Don't forget, episodes drop every Tuesday, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being part of this community, listening to this podcast, and I hope that you enjoy the new content that's coming up in this new season. Welcome, Emily, to Thriving Through Menopause. Okay, thanks for having well, me. Well, I'm delighted to have you here. Um, tell me a little bit about what inspired you to even begin this guide, even though I think we can all acknowledge the value of it. Uh, so my husband and I were both teachers for 15, 16 years each, and uh, we reached the point where we didn't love the job anymore. We really, really, really weren't enjoying the job anymore. And I'd had a couple of bad bosses in a row uh, which led to some depression, being signed off work. And we we talked it through and, you know, stable career, stable income. But we decided that my sanity was more important than my salary. So we started to think about, you know, what, what could we do? We've got transferable skills. We can, we must be able to get out of the classroom, please. So we were kind of thinking about it. We tried various different things. And then one day our, our daughter was in primary school still. We were in a Facebook group for parents and she, uh, somebody posted on their help. And my child's come home with this, this homework, it's bar modeling. I don't know what bar modeling is. We never did that at school. How do I help her? And this light bulb went off. No one's helping parents. There's lots of support out there for teenagers. There's you know, tutoring and revision guides and all of the websites and there's nothing we could find for parents. And our two older ones were going through GCSEs at the time. And despite the fact we were both teachers and so we, we knew the academic stuff, 
we know how to learn and we can teach them that. Turns out that your own teenagers do not want to listen to you ever. And so it was, it was really challenging going through it with your own kids. It's very different to taking other people's children through it. So we thought, you know, why not parent guide? And so we support parents with that kind of, how do I help without just feeling like I'm nagging all the time? That feeling. And, and we're sort of almost the middleman. So you don't have to worry about getting your teenager to listen to you because we'll give them the good advice for you, with you, so that you feel like you're working together rather than battling against each other all the time. And loved every second of it. The, the feedback's been amazing. Been a wee bit mad. We started it seven months before the pandemic kicked off. So we're all like, yeah, let's help your child through exams. And then the announcement came, there are no exams this year. Exams are cancelled. So it, uh, we did a lot of pivoting, as we all like to say, for 2020. And uh, it just, it's all kind of grown very organically through all the different things that have happened. And uh, we are, we're really proud of what we've created, this, this little community of parents who who can do all of this without feeling the stress, without all of the dramas, without spending the whole time feeling like you're a terrible parent. Because let's face it, that's what we all do. We all judge ourselves too harshly on this stuff. So it's been nice to be that, that reassuring voice. Yeah, yeah, that sounds wonderful. Mostly it was like, get me out of the classroom. <laughs> that was the, the main driving factor to start, with, at least. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that sounds so wonderful because it is, you know, like you're constantly saying, well, have you studied? What's your revision guide? Have you done this? Have you done that? And we feel really, really like we're on top of our kids the whole time. And I'm sure that this is not just the GCSEs, but the SATs in the US, the baccalaureate. Gee, we talked to before we went on the show about the HSC. Australian parents, I feel you. It was a nightmare. But, you know, why does it have to be so stressful? Why is it so stressful, should I say, Emily Moore? Why have we got to this position? I think it's because everything's very different from when we did our exams, whatever they were and whether the system's changed or not. It's usually been a decade or two since we did our own. And we know what we did, but we kind of only vaguely remember because for instance, block it out, I think. And so we feel like we know what they should be doing, but we also know that we don't know. And schools, they work their best, their hardest. They, they try so many different things but there's a funding shortage a teacher shortage and so getting information out to parents is is a challenge five minutes of parents evening doesn't cut it and there's lots that you want to know but schools don't have the the time or the capacity to tell you and let's face it your teenager not going to tell you either however much of it they know you ask them and you just get the the shrug and the the one word answers and so I think it's that frustration of not knowing whether you're doing the right things. It's, it's watching your child struggle with something and not knowing how to help. Because for me, that's always been one of the, the worst bits of parenting is when you, you can see them struggling and you just, yeah. there's nothing you can do. And so answering those questions, you know, knowing what does good revision look like? How much revision should they be doing? How do they set this up? What should they be doing at this particular point in the year? All of those little bits help you as a parent to feel on top of it without feeling like you need to constantly ask your teenager. And so, yeah, it's, it's that battle. And the, 
the challenges that you're facing as they reach that age are you've got a teenager who is trying to learn how to be an independent adult. But that's a big part of the job as a parent is helping them to step away. And it, why there's so much conflict as a teenager, that's, it's a developmental thing. It's kind of built in. You've got to learn how to cope outside of your family group. So you don't want to listen to your parents. You kind of almost want to do the opposite of whatever they tell you, just on principle. And, and at the same time, certainly as mums, we're quite often starting that changes yeah. in our hormones phase of our lives where suddenly you can't rely on your brain anymore because it just lets you down randomly and forgets words and forgets to do things. And then you find you're blaming yourself because you forgot to do the thing and you feel like a terrible mom and, and so on. And we're often also peak of our careers. So we're responsible for other people or we're really busy. And all of those things come together to just make it insanely yeah. stressful. Yes. And it doesn't have to be, but it's about knowing where to go for help and about, I think, making time for yourself as a parent because we're terrible. Oh, yes. Yeah. We, we give all of ourselves to everyone else. We don't say no to things because we don't want to let people down. But then our me time, you know, the time where you get to be a human being and, and show your teenager how to be a human being, we're like, it's fine, I'll just, I'll have a bath later and that'll be peace and quiet. No, that's, that's just, you know, washing yourself. That's, it's not me time. It, you've got to, yeah. you can't fill from an empty cup yes. and all yes. of that stuff. So I think it all... It, it's that perfect storm all at the same yeah. time that causes the problem. Yeah, that's a yeah. really good point because we have um, our teenagers and their hormonal and developmental change, which makes them at times very confrontational or nonverbal. Depends if you've got mm. what you've got or bits of both. And we at the same time are going through as women perimenopause often at the time that we have teenagers. So it can be very explosive in families as well. Yeah. And uh, it, just, it just makes for a stressful home situation. And if you've not got a place where you can go that's your little sanctuary of calm, it's tricky. <laughs> it, it builds up. And, uh, and then you end up exploding as well. And that doesn't help anyone. And yeah, it all just kind of snowballs, exactly. doesn't it? But then one question, do you think that the school exams today are more stressful than they were when we were? I mean, when I did the O-levels, they were, but they weren't. It didn't feel like a life and death situation like it does now. Do you think things really have changed or is it just our perception? I think it's a bit of both. There's, um, I mean, there's there's more competition to do things like getting into university. So there's, and there's more societal pressure, I think, to go down the more academic routes, uh, which means you need to be aiming for the higher grades and it all kicks off with GCSEs. But I think also it's, it's a perspective thing. As a teenager, you struggled to see past the next few weeks, let alone 10 years into the future when you're working. Cause, because that's as a proportion of your life, that's just unfathomable. You haven't, you haven't done that yeah. much yet. Whereas now we look back and we think, oh, I wish I'd done this. I wish I'd made the most of it when I didn't have all the responsibilities and stuff. But it just doesn't occur to you as much as a teenager. They, uh, there's all sorts of other things that build into it. I mean, social media is a whole thing. I'm so glad 
There was no social media when I was a teenager because some of the outfits, oh, I'm so glad there's no record of that online. You will never find them. <laughs> this? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's it, a lot. Being a teenager is a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. I think they're under a lot of pressure. I mean, one of the things that's interesting that in the UK, you still have GCSEs, whereas during my time bringing up my son in Australia, my um, they phased out the year 10 exams, which would have been at the same time as the GCSEs because they felt that it wasn't adding any more value to young people. So those went and they just could take a school. They got a school certificate if they completed the year, but you didn't have to do a whole lot of exams, which took a whole swathe of pressure off year 10. And then it was instead into the two years of the of the of the HSC. And I think in the US that's the same. Many countries now have it really in the last two years rather than the GCSEs, which start when they're about 14 at their most stroppy developmental stage. Yeah. yeah. And it makes so much more sense to delay it because your teenager's brain is developing so much yeah. at that point. I mean, it starts at, so to go very briefly sciency yes. on you, but only yeah. very briefly, I promise. Uh, your your teenager's brain develops kind of from the back to the front. So at the back of your brain, it's the the amygdala, the, the fight or flight kind of stuff. So the bits that react at the drop of a hat, the, the drama center of your brain, that's the bit that develops first. You may have noticed this with your teenagers. And the bit that develops last is the prefrontal cortex. It's the bit of your brain that makes the rational decisions. It's it's the designated driver and the amygdala is your drunk friends loose in Vegas. So if you don't have the designated driver who's reining them in, they're just, they're off doing their own thing and goodness only knows. And that's not a lack of planning or um, a lack of common sense or anything on your teenager's part. It's just that it, it's physics it, it, physics it's science it's it's physical development it's their brain is just not capable of making those rational decisions yet so when you're having that argument with your teenager and they're just they won't see sense not that they won't it's that they can't and it's really hard not to take it personally really yeah. hard as yeah. a parent and that's one of the the major challenges is remembering that it's not just you it is your teenager and, and they kind of have to go through the process of, of fighting with you, of, of building their independence. But also, you know, the, the lack of common sense and things. It's not a character no. flaw. It won't last forever. You will get your child back at some stage as a rational-ish human being. Just might not be quite yet. And so that's all kicking off. It's slightly earlier in girls than in boys. Boys are a little later to yes. develop, generally speaking. And so... At that age, that 14, 15, 16, they're in peak kind of, I don't have a designated driver yet yeah. stage. And so they're, they're difficult. Yeah. <laughs> There's no other way to describe it. They, they don't see the point in revising or putting yeah. in the effort because they can't see the long-term yeah. consequences. And it doesn't matter how much you explain it to them or how you explain it to them. They won't, they can't get it. And so it's just putting structures in place to make it easier for them to make the right yeah. decisions and trying to avoid telling them what to do wherever possible yes. because A, it doesn't often go very well and B, it stresses you both out. And C, they've got to learn at some stage. 
They're going to go off and do their own thing, whether it is uni or work or whatever. And at that point, you kind of need to feel confident that as a parent, you can leave them and they won't just live on baked beans and Pop-Tarts. Which they might for and a while. <laughs> which they might, yeah. Till they're about 20. Exciting news, my dearest listeners. The podcast has brought forth a book. Thanks to the wonderful experts and over 200 episodes, a book around the holistic aspects of menopause is coming out. It's called Beyond Hormones, Nine Holistic Ways to Thrive Through Menopause. And I cannot wait for you to get your copy. I will be uploading the link to where you can buy it uh, as a Kindle, or ebook, paperback or audiobook. Stay tuned for more. Wow, and stay tuned for more. So that's the first <clears throat> Chukamukamiya. So when you work with people, I mean, you're obviously putting that middle, as you said, you're the kind of mediator or intermediate between parent and child. How does that actually look in reality? So it's we're predominantly a membership. So as a, as a parent, you would sign up to say, I want to know what's going on roughly with my child. And if I have a question, if I have a problem, I need someone I can come to. So we, we've kind of broken down the whole of, so year 10 is the first year of their GCSEs. It's when they're about 14, 15, all the way through to year 13, which is when they do their final school exams and go off into the big bad world to do whatever. So we've broken down what happens each year into just one thing at a time each week. This week, if you can get your child to do this thing, they'll be on the right track. This week, it's worth thinking about this. Heading into mocks, here's how you support them with that. And so there are tools that we provide for, for teenagers as well, so that your teenager can go and watch. Here's how you learn how to learn. Here's how to get yourself organized. Here's how to write a revision plan that doesn't take you three days, 15 tubs of glitter and five Sharpies, because Nobody has the time for that. And so you can point your teenager in the direction of what we've talked mm. about. But also, if you just read the little weekly email, and it's just a short little, here's one thing, you feel like you're on top of it. And it's more about that feeling yeah. as a parent than yeah. anything else. Uh, some of it is, yes, you need to maybe go and think about and do this. Some of it's just, here's some information that will be useful. Yeah. Thing. And then we've got a whole video bank. So if you wanted to go in and look at something in more detail, you can. And um, there are different things that come up for different people all the way through the year. And it's just like a little Google for parents, just specifically about that phase of education. If you want to find out what they should be doing, that's your right. place to go. And then we do a coaching call once a month. So you can come on and ask your questions, however silly they are, or just come on and listen yeah. and think to yourself, oh, it's not just my teenager that does that. Yes. Me? Yes. So yeah, it's, it's just that being that source of yes. support and guidance and, which and advice. Which schools don't give. So you know that you're getting around. Well, or don't give very yeah. much. And, and speaking as an ex-teacher, we would have loved to. We'd love to take the kids off timetable for a day and set them up with a revision plan and show them all the stuff. But in terms of practicalities, there's not, there's not the funding. There's not the time because there's so much pressure on the curriculum, the stuff they've got to learn getting them out of curriculum to do any of that stuff is just impractical. 
it is a big logistical yeah. challenge. And the same goes for getting parents in. Like parents work different hours. So you set up a parents evening, they can't all make it. It's it's difficult and they don't have the, you know, the IT systems to no, put videos online for you necessarily instead. No. So schools would love to, but they just can't. Certainly in the UK, the budget pressures are immense at the moment. And yeah. uh, so we're, we're trying to fill that gap and be that bridge between the two. And yeah, it's... It's a challenge because yes. there's a lot of information that's useful to you. And it's just, it's about figuring out what's important and, exactly. and when. And we've well. all got different children, haven't they? And they're all re- responding. They have different academic abilities. So you have to kind of, don't you, Emily, step out beyond that because, you know, some children are just very academic. Others, you're never going to make it in, in an academic sense. So I presume mm-hmm. that your information is more is more in a general in a general way to yeah. help people navigate yeah. this time. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not specific, you know, here's how you do this particular topic in maths or anything. It's a general supporting your teenager to be the best that they can be, whatever yeah. that is, whether that is an academic route or a adjusting my child to yes. pass so that they can get out of school and get on with their yeah. lives. Whichever it is, it's about understanding that that's okay. Yeah. Otherwise, we if we listen to too many of the messages that are out there, you, you feel like if your child's not the one getting the straight A's or the nines as they are now, because they've changed the grading system, just to further confuse parents. And if if that's not your child, you feel like you're failing somehow, but that's not it's not the no. case. Some of these kids are getting into school, and especially since they're they're gradually removing the less academic subjects from the curriculum. And, um, you know, there used to be lots of schools around us who had, you know, a hair and beauty yes. training salon that kids yes. would be able to do and, and things like woodworking and, and practical yes. skills. And that's being phased out wow. a lot because, again, budget pressures and finding the right teachers to do it and so on. And it's frustrating because if we don't have people who are skilled in trades we'd yeah. cease to function yeah. as a as a yeah. country that's just it's reality it's happening and that's work. quite different oh. to what's happening in other places i mean just on, on a side on a more mm-hmm. thing because i saw in here in sweden where i live now there's a whole stream for people who want to not be academic as there is in germany as there was in australia for children who don't want to have academic exams to say that's not for me. I want to be a car mechanic. I want to be a, you know, whatever I want to be um, and not actually do academic subjects. And that gets gets credited. It's very narrow-minded to think that every child wants to do, you know, French and, and uh, you know, biology. Well, and yeah. there's lots of them that are no good at that. Yeah, and, and to think that they, they need to as well. I mean, as a maths teacher... Other than when I was teaching maths, I've never since school used trigonometry. <laughs> no. Simultaneous equation. It's just, it's not something I would use. And yet the practical stuff, the uh, how to yeah. budget, um, how credit cards work, and those mortgages, all of that stuff is something that you can maybe squidge into a lesson just about, you know, shoehorn it right in there when you're doing yeah. percentages. But it's not officially on the curriculum. And we're, we're, we seem to be very narrow-minded in terms of that focus and 
And we're telling all of those kids that they are failures all the way through school because they're not academic, because they're not being given the chance to do the things that they shine at, that they're incredible at. And they're not getting that sense of, yeah, do you know what? Actually, I'm I'm pretty awesome at this. They're just, it it breaks my heart. It it does. And it's frustrating, but there's, there's a limit to what we have in terms of say that education is a very political yeah, thing here. Uh, and so with every new government that comes in or new education minister, we've had quite a few lately. Um, they come in and they're like, right, I'm going to make my mark. Excellent. Here's what I'm going to change. And all the teachers go, oh, no, not again. Just <laughs> the last thing working. And it's, yeah, oh, it's difficult. Oh, and yeah. it, it feels like we're, we're not doing the right thing by our teenagers. And it's one of the reasons I left teaching. You, you get into teaching because you love it and because you want to make a difference and because you care about the yeah. kids. It's, you've got to be passionate about it. Otherwise, it's just soul-destroying because the hours are crazy. The workload is bananas. Everyone thinks teachers get long holidays. Yeah. We spend them all working and planning yeah. things and marking <laughs> things or you know, becoming an examiner or doing some tutoring during the summer to bump up your income so you can afford to live where you live. So all of that pressure, if you don't love what you do, you just can't do it anymore. And we'd reached that point. And unfortunately, with all of the pressures, a lot of teachers are reaching that Mm -hmm. point. And we're going to end up with a workforce of um, either temporary, unqualified or newly qualified people. And no amount of youthful exuberance and enthusiasm will make up for the experience that we are losing with our teachers who know what, you know, they've been through yeah. the system, they've been through the process over a number yes. of years and they, they know how to make it all work. And yeah. it's, it's very frustrating to watch. Very yeah. frustrating. So say I have a teenager, Emily, and, and I mean, how does your program engage a teenager who'd much rather be on Snapchat or TikTok, as I know from my um, my bonus son who's 17? Yeah, he'd much rather be, he's constantly on that. How do you engage yeah. them through your program? It's tricky and, again, different with every teenager. Um, we the, the things that we make for teenagers, so we've got like a GCSE toolkit and a UCAS toolkit for those applying to uni, it's all quite gamified and teenagery yeah. so when you complete something you tick it off and it goes ding at you and you get a little shiny sparkly thing on the screen and it's all those little dopamine yeah. hits that they normally get from snapchat from all of those short yeah. video things that they're addicted yep. to i say they we, we are addicted, addicted to <laughs> and uh, and so building that stuff in and giving them the little wins as they go along so they can build the confidence because that then builds a bit of momentum and they start to see the difference that it's making. And at that point, they're a little more sold on it. Sometimes it's tricky. Sometimes we get parents who email us and say, I'm really sorry. I've had a look and I think it's great. My teenager will not do this. Please, can I have my money back? Yes, she yeah. can. Because teenagers, yeah. we get it. Sometimes I'll hop on a Zoom with the teenager and, and just have a conversation. Because if I can sell algebra to year eight on a Friday afternoon, which I did for a while, <laughs> I can sell this to your teenager. It's, it's just, it's, um, it's different for every child and it's, they've got to want to do it. Otherwise there's no point. You can't just make them. It's, uh, 
it, it's not practical. They won't learn anything. They won't take no, anything no. on board. <laughs> so when I was younger, my my mum, I still remember to this day, said to me, you should, oh, you should read the Harry Potter books. You'd absolutely love them when they were fairly new. And uh, so on principle, I did not read yeah. the Harry Potter books, just in case she was right. <laughs> I didn't want her to be right for years and then read them. And of course, loved them. Shh, don't tell her. But just it's it's got to come from them. And almost the worst thing you can do is tell them what to do. It's just I found a thing that will make your life easier. Do you want to have a look? Because it is all designed to be something that it doesn't quite take away work, but it makes it easier to do. So the the more effectively you can learn, the less hours you have to spend doing it. The the more you can stay on top of your work with just little and often, the less it builds up and the less stressful it gets. It's a bit like the the pile of ironing that so many of us have hiding somewhere in the house that just if you don't do a little bit at a time, it just grows exactly. until it's there and looking at you, making you feel terrible and you just don't dare start because you don't know what you're going to find in there. <laughs> <laughs> I know that one too. Yes. Emily, you're yourself in perimenopause. How do you see this particularly supporting mums who have got this hormonal roller coaster? It's um, it's about helping you feel like you're on top of something, just something. Because certainly, until you start to get symptoms under control, and HRT has been slightly magical for me, it just Feeling like everything is suddenly on top of you is is a lot. So if you know that there's one thing you can feel a bit more confident about, that you're you're getting that information as you go along, you know what to expect. That's really helpful. But also that ability to jump on a call and just say, I'm totally stuck. I don't know what to do with this. I know you've probably told me and I've forgotten because I'm guessing like the rest of you, memory, totally unreliable nowadays. Being able to just jump on and ask the questions, I found that that's really helpful because just for me, it was the feeling when all of this started that suddenly I just couldn't rely on my memory anymore. I couldn't rely on my brain in general. I couldn't concentrate on what I needed to, couldn't figure out what was important and what wasn't. Just It just felt like everything was on top yeah. of me and being able to have something that I could feel confident about would be helpful it would have been helpful at the time that's yes. fantastic actually I mean just a sort of an extra friend if you like that's it's there for you to support you indeed that that's just wonderful about this to do that how have teachers and schools reacted to your parent guide it's been really positive so far we have a couple of schools who ask us in to do um, sort of online workshops and things and then we run one each year we have the GCSE summit which we do at the um, in September at the start of the school year and the UCAS summit that we do in July uh, at the end of the school year and schools have been promoting that so they'll send out the information to parents and say there's this free event that this company are putting on that will help you understand more about what's coming on with your teenager at this point it's good for you it's good for your teenager Here's all the information. And that's been brilliant. It's been lovely to have that, that, that level of support from schools and, and to be able to work with some who are doing some brilliant stuff. Brilliant. Because they'd all love to be able to put on more of these things. As I've said, it's just 
the ability to do it. So knowing that there's someone that can kind of fill that gap for them, they've been quite happy to put stuff out, which has been really helpful. So, uh, so yes, it's, uh, it's been a nice little bridge between the two the schools. They've, they've been very supportive with a lot of what's fantastic. Done. Emily, I'm so grateful you shared this snapshot of what you're doing. And I think that that's something that could certainly be amplified around the world. And it was certainly something I wish that I had had in this very messy. And we did have some school meetings, but I just stood there and thought, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> but really great. How can people learn about your parent guide for GCSE if they're in the UK? Maybe even if they're not, there might be tips and, and tools that they can use in other countries too. Indeed. Uh, so if you search for Parent Guide to GCSE on Facebook or parentguidetogcse.com, then you'll find the GCSE stuff. We've got a Facebook group as well. So it's a great place to go and just talk to other parents who are going through the same thing as yeah. you. Um, pretty much every time someone joins the group, I get a little notification. They're also in various of the, the midlife and menopause and things, groups that I'm in. So we're all, all at the, the same sort of stage. And then you can do the same for Parent Guide to Post 16, and it's the number 16 rather than the word if you've got a teenager who's a little older and going through the next stage. Fantastic. Well, Emily, we're going to put that in the show notes so that parents, women going through perimenopause who are listening to this can jump in there, get the information, join the Facebook group. Really appreciate that you've come on here and shared, I think, what is a very needed and innovative approach to helping parents and teenagers navigate that exam stress and chaos in the midst of, well, hormonal chaos on our own and theirs too. So thank you. Um, absolutely. And, and thank you. I mean, just knowing that someone is out there talking about the hormonal chaos is brilliant because it uh, took me a little by surprise to begin with. And so having that information out there is, is fabulous. So a massive thank you for having me on. And oh, you thank you. Well, I hope you gained value from that conversation with Emily, whether you're in the UK or anywhere else in the world, and you have teenagers going through their last few years of school and all the exams. I certainly wish Emily had been around when my son did the HSC in Australia. It nearly killed me. <laughs> but there we are. There's a resource for you. Next week, join myself and Suzanne Yates when we go deep into shiatsu and approaches that you can use to better manage your menopause from that ancient Japanese technique. And we'll be doing some physical practice, so you might want to watch this over on the YouTube channel too. Don't forget, as I said before, my new book, Beyond Hormones, comes out now on the 1st of March. And if you would like to be a reviewer for the book, then there is a link to do that in the show notes. Until next week, go well.